welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Big Hospitality and Restaurant Magazine reporter James McAllister, and today we're joined by Zoe Ajonia, the chef and author behind Hackney-based catering company and supper club, Zoe's Garner Kitchen. Okay, so Zoe, thank you for taking the time to speak to us today. How are you doing? Hi, yes, thank you for having me on. Um, I'm doing well, actually. I don't want to... I'm a bit scared of being too positive in this time, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm actually doing really, really well. Excellent. Um, Excellent. How was it? Um, wonder, we were wondering how it was kind of for you, kind of like with your business, kind of like in those early days when this all kind of kicked off. I know you, you know, you were speaking online about how you'd lost quite a lot of bookings. How, how was those first few days for you? Yeah, I mean, it was horrific um, for me, as I'm sure it was for the rest of the hospitality industry. Mm. Um, you know. But, when when you know watching things unfold in Italy, which I was I had a very keen eye on actually for a long time on what was happening around the world, and I just you know I knew that we weren't preparing for what was coming, and mm-hmm. I, I kind of had a sense that you know I already had a sense that our whole festival season might get knocked out, and and yeah, and then when what you know Boris Johnson finally did say, okay, people stop going to this 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 and this. Mm. Um, you know, even before he said that, you know, quite a lot of our bookings, like weddings were cancelled, uh, corporate parties were, packed, you know, and then obviously Glastonbury cancelled and then the, yeah. the knock-on. And, you know, for me, the type of business I run, which is, um, you know, it's mostly catering and mobile catering and supper clubs mm. and, you know, residencies. Yeah. It's not like a fixed restaurant space. So, you know, all of those different income streams is just kind of vanished for the next you know, literally my six months of work was gone and that is, um, you know, that's where the bulk of our income comes throughout the year, to be honest. So, mm. you know, it was it was terrifying for a minute there and, you know, it was a lot to take in and because of the nature of my business as well, not having that, you know, fixed commercial space, I knew that I wouldn't be eligible for quite a lot of the government relief in terms of business rates and things like that and also because I'm... <laughs> paid as a director through dividends mm. in theory <laughs> doesn't know what happened to us, but um you know then that cancelled me out of quite a lot of the other support for self-employment and i was you know i was feeling like well i'm going to be really screwed here yeah um so yeah you know the the long game for those guys in the kitchen didn't look very positive and tell us about the crowdfund campaign you've started uh, and in terms of the the crowdfunder what yeah. really sparked that was um, my dad and his situation, which was that he is uh, mentally ill, and um, you know I'm his primary, um, you know, caregiver person, I guess. Mm. And you know, I, because I was in isolation, my sister and my niece and my mum were quarantining in another part of London because they, my niece had the COVID. And, you know, it occurred to me that dad was in that category of people who were going to be under lockdown for three months and he might not have access to medication and things like that. So I contacted his care team to to find out what their plan was in that respect. And, yeah, they didn't really have one, uh, which was alarming. But understandable because because they hadn't been given any resources to to cope with that new situation. Mm. And, yeah, I was trying to find a solution with them um, but you know that's a different borough. Yeah, it's nowhere near me. I mean, I can help my father. Uh, I can't help him get medication, but I can at least send him food or whatever. But you know, it basically highlighted to me that if a person in that category who had a family and had was already kind of on the system, 
but we're still not going to get any support and there must be you know quite a lot of people who were just kind of going to fall through the gaps and maybe yeah, not even have any kind of anybody looking out for them so really quickly decided to, to, to pivot and think well what can I do I can cook food for people mm. that's uh, healthy and nutritious um, and hopefully keep you know, keep my overhead paid in terms of like rent and utilities and stuff. And yeah. if I focus the kitchen just solely for that purpose for the next three months for that period of quarantine, yeah, and um, people might people might get behind it and help me do that. So that's what I did. And so and was they the, did, and I'm very grateful. And so was the crowd fund kind of designed as a way, you know, in terms, it's about the idea of kind of like balancing your working to kind of support your community and try and secure the business simultaneously. Is that kind of where you were kind of looking at that point? Um, well, I wasn't really looking to secure business. It really was the case of keeping a roof over my head. Yeah. Um, because my, because my kitchen is in, you know, my business is in my home. Yeah. Uh, it's where I run my supper clubs. It's where I cater for events. It's where I cater for anything I'm catering. It's where I do. Yeah. You know, it's where I work. Um. So it was it was like what's the what's the minimum amount of money we can raise where we can like I can pay the rent, mm. pay the bills, and get uh, like cook three or four days a week, hopefully, you know, initially I thought it would be like 200 meals a week, but I think probably more, it's going to be more like 500 meals a week now. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, um, and it was about that. It wasn't really about um, considering commercial business no, no, at that yeah. point, to be honest. And, and, you know, people might wonder, well, why didn't you just start doing deliveries or something? Mm. And the reason I didn't do that is because, well, A, the prohibitive cost of signing up with all those platforms, yeah. And the prohibitive commission, which I think is so unseemly. And, and also just the, um, you know, they're not companies that, that share my values in terms mm. of, I, I just don't believe in supporting companies like that because I actually think they're detrimental to the restaurant industry in the long run. But yeah, you know, but basically what I gave myself was some breathing time to consider how to, um, how to speed up my other plan, yeah. uh, how to... Um, no, literally survive for the next couple mm. of months and then, um, you know, how to build on that pivot and extend the concept of uh, you know, being more community-minded, more socially responsible yeah. and uh, connecting with community and, and helping people, really. So, you know, the grander plan is to kind of push Ghana Kitchen towards that more kind of social enterprise fixated concept yeah. and then bringing its wellness stuff as the commercial arm of the business, if that makes yeah. sense. How do you view the level of government support offered to businesses like yours? Well, I'll tell you, I'll answer that with some uh, problems I've faced, actually, even yeah. doing the community kitchen, which is, so things like the access, you know, like the, the business interruption loans and yeah. so on, um, which, you know, if, if you're even able to get through to your bank, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like just just in terms of there's so many issues with even just having banks are closed and you can never speak to anyone. It's all automated. Nobody calls you back. You're on hold for three or four hours. You know, it, 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 the whole process of accessing information from the banks is actually incredibly difficult in the first place. And then once you you know do get to through to whatever you get through to, my experience is being that you know, I'm not eligible because they're using the same criteria that they were using for, you know, for credit ratings or whatever yeah. before COVID. So they haven't actually changed how they're assessing applications. Mm. They're just giving money to the same people who would have been eligible for that money beforehand. Mm. And the whole point is, 
you know, we wouldn't have needed to ask you for a loan had this not been happening. I, I had, you know, I should have been banking 20 grand in March, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that's really difficult. So because the government's only underwritten 80% of the loans and because the banks haven't changed how they evaluate a loan application, I think there's going to be a lot of small businesses who are getting access to that supposed funding that's supposed to be available. Mm. And on top of that, in fact, um, you know, there's been like things I've applied for around, I, like, when I thought about the crowdfunder being for three months, I thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I have one eye, obviously, on what's going to happen after the end of that three months mm. if things haven't moved on in terms of the you know, hospitality being able to operate as it was before. And then I thought, okay, well, what grants potentially could I apply for to extend this? Um, and, you know, I applied for a NatWest uh, five grand grant. It wasn't very much. Mm. And it was rejected because it, <laughs> the grant's rejected because it's not a new business. Yeah. And so there's, there's, so, there's so many issues. You know, in my head, it is a new business because this is a, a commercial enterprise. It's a community kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And if, if the applications are for businesses pivoting mm. during COVID-19, well, then why doesn't that count as a pivot? Yeah. So there's a real kind of lack of clarity around the, you know, what kind of business can actually do this. And even Hackney Council, I applied for a grant with Hackney Council and they said that they couldn't support um, my application based on similar kinds of reasons. It's like, well, well who then is getting the grants? Because... Yeah, do you, who's going to open a new business completely right now in the middle of responding to yeah. you know, a fast-changing situation uh, with no certainty involved? Mm. You know, there's, got, there's not going to be many people actually registering and starting new companies and businesses during this time. So, you know, there's a lot of... It's, it's just difficult. There isn't anything easy about any of the processes here. Mm. And what can government do about that or what can we change? Well, yeah, I mean, they could have been a bit more... It could give smaller businesses perhaps, uh, you know, more, um, what's the word, or 100% backing instead of 80%. Yeah. And perhaps they would give larger companies like Virgin or whoever less backing, maybe 50%, mm. or ask them to change their um, you know, tax evasion ways. Mm. Yeah, you know, there just doesn't seem to be any consideration of what... I understand that what they're doing is trying to keep the economy kind of with a pulse yeah. for the next three, three to six months or whatever, but they're not really considering what the economy, the shape of the economy after that in terms of who they think is going to survive this because whatever money they're throwing at it isn't necessarily getting at the right people, mm. you know, yeah. and they're not really putting any conditions on the bailing out of the very, very large companies that we know have been avoiding tax for the last 20, 30 years. So, I mean, it's a good solution, but it's not perfect and... There's a lot more that could could be done, I think, to <clears throat> to help the, the actual small businesses. Yeah, uh, that's that's brilliant. I mean, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today, Zoe. It's much appreciated.